2: Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR to sign up as AJ loses his mind before the show's even begun. (sighs) Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You don't just get to start the show giggling and not tell us what that's all about. I just... our our,
0: uh, tweets are stacked on top of each other, and... It just, just turned out yeah. like that. Well, our, yeah, our, just the way our approach were where I was like, maybe we'll possibly, potentially get into deadline stuff. And, and I'm you're like, this is devolving into trade talk. It's happening. It's just going to be trade deadline speculation. It's like,
2: <laughs> great. You can't avoid it. Just accept it, all right? Not, not where we're going to start the day, though. We're going to start the day with uh, the impending... Battle of the beasts between Team Canada and Team USA and WJC. Uh, it's been a it's been an interesting WJC for both of these teams, I would say. Yeah, they both had pretty surprising losses
0: during group stage play, and then Canada came very close, squeaking it out, yeah, to losing to the team that beat USA in group stage play. So. Um, but Connor Connor Bedard rises above all. Uh, he he is the savior. He's the bailout guy for them, and he is the reason why. When you're going, you're looking at tonight's matchup. You're like, there's only one of those guys. So, I think this would be a phenomenal hockey game if Connor Bedard wasn't involved. But with that guy there, uh, my confidence in the Bald Eagle flying high tonight is not at an all-time high
2: time's a bit better to say the least uh, I it's interesting and, and we can just start with Bedard here that guy's doing stuff nobody else has ever done so it's hard to bet against well, him at any point to he, be honest
0: he's doing he's doing stuff that have only been done by guys who ended up having like, hall of fame TikTok caliber <laughs> hall of fame careers so, yeah. uh, Jay, prepare your prepare the Ameriballs just in case. <laughs> <laughs> he and I he and I used to do an Avatar bet points for uh, per... uh, for a long time. So that's what that's from. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Oh no, it's okay. I was just going to compare his points per game to Peter Forsberg's from the tournament. By and far, significantly higher. Have you seen Bedard do an interview too? He nope. is interesting character he's very focused dialed in it's almost a little scary like it is it was a difficult interview to watch specifically out of this tournament recently he had trouble answering the questions you could tell his head was just not in that interview it was still in the game i think it was like in between intermission and he's laser focused he's going to be a real competitor professionally
0: i floated the question the other day while we were at the bar uh do you think he'll push McDavid? Mm. I think that's, so, but I don't it's also really, really yeah, hard to be that's like an insane it's thing so to put on that kid's head. Yeah, like, oh, he's gonna thirty <laughs> <I love it. laughs> point player. Will
1: he have a dry side behind beside him?
2: Also
0: true. I don't know. How bad is Edmonton gonna be this year?
2: Oh no! <laughs> do, do you just do you just snap trade Drysidle if you get Connor Bedard as Edmonton? I would. Yeah. No, don't even his, think about
0: it. His contract has crazy value at eight and a half million, and then you're like, "Hey, we don't need to re-sign these guys." I don't know. Maybe you keep him for the ELC years, and then you just you're just like, "Screw it." If
2: you can't. I don't know. this, this three, is a bad maybe. timeline. <laughs> yeah it's a, not i mean look most timelines have bedard coming out west right now so it's not exactly uh there's not a good one out there for yeah the him,
0: him <laughs> going out there with like mason mctavish is one thing or him going to chicago where he has nobody at the moment is one thing but it's it's an entirely different beast for him to go to edmonton where dry and and mcdavid already live
2: at what point is it just too many cooks in edmonton no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
0: don't know, but um, you know, at least then they'd have a real two C and not that bum
2: Nuge. Oh my God, we're still <laughs> fighting about this. We're always gonna fight about this. And They that can trade Nuge to the Avs then it'll be fine. Oh God, please don't.
0: <laughs> anyway, I'd have to spend so much time turning this around, and I just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Too much work for you. That's the that's the yeah. real
0: problem here. Yep. Got it. It's not his contract or his caliber of
2: player and how he fits. It's it's about me. Well <laughs> look, as fun as the Bedard conversation is, uh, barring something absurd, he's not going to the Avs. So the the guy to talk about from Colorado in this game is of course Sean Barron's. We've, we've beat around the bush a little bit. We probably will have some more stuff about him after the tournament is over for Team USA. What, if anything, has this tournament changed for Barons so far? Is he uh, Obviously, he has kind of the, the red carpet rolled out in this organization because he's the only real defensive prospect in it right now. But is this a, is this a free wow. roll for him to, to get an ELC at the end of this season? Chris Romain disrespect is real. Yep.
1: Okay. Let's be realistic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> dude, Megan and I switch bodies? What just happened? Even even Megan is dunking on your takes right now. I'm not like,
1: I you know what I already feel bad the way that was teed up no, because no, I just don't yeah. know what Chris Romain will become, but I feel really bad that I AJ went for him. the
2: block inside the safety circle and you just slammed it down on his head. Well, that's what just happened. <laughs> I thought I had a homie. <laughs> nope, I'm on an island.
1: All right. I don't hate right. Chris. Chris Romaine.
2: All right. All right. Sell me on Chris Romaine then if you're Uh-oh. such a believer
0: look when we go to when we have the dnvr uh, avalanche road trip to go watch chris Romain play i'll just
1: go by myself fuck y'all no (laughs) i love omaha
0: no you're uninvited now meanie
1: (laughs) i wrote nice things about him out of uh rookie or dev camp from the summer i actually thought he didn't look so out of place among bigger better stronger young men
0: yeah i i like like i actually do like chris romaine and you know. All jokes aside, we'll see. But um no, it's not this is not about him.
1: It's about Sean. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's about it's about the guy that could play an NHL game this year.
2: Ooh, I don't know if I'd go that far.
1: This year. Yeah.
0: I mean I think it would take a couple of things going his way. Um, but I do think that it's not out of the realm of possibility that he finishes up his season and, you know, wherever however far DU goes will you know will have some sort of impact on this as well because if they're playing into a national championship game again then uh, because the because the regular season is ending earlier I don't I think the chances of that are probably gone but if they do get eliminated a little earlier um, and, it, and some of it will depend on like where the abs are position wise like if they're they're comfortable like they were last year, they could afford to do something like that if they wanted. Um, if they're chasing points and they're in a dogfight, which I think we should probably prepare ourselves
2: for, uh, just given how this is going right now.
1: I mm.
2: I didn't know that the conversation was going to go this way, but since we're here, I would have said that before you've gotten 15 serviceable games out of Andreas England. Wow, okay. I mean, I think we should circle back around to England. We can get there later. that's
0: fine, yeah, yeah, because I think he's he has made himself part of this conversation. Uh, we 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 say this a lot. Uh, Chad is asking who's his, who is the NHL comparison for Sean Barrents, but
2: the guy that you're looking for is Tori Krug. yep. Seems pretty straightforward. Some pretty, offensive ability, plays with some fire. Yeah,
0: similar, very similar size, uh, and a willingness to a willingness to mix it up physically, despite the lack of size and uh, offensive acumen is a big selling point for both guys. Very smart players. I don't know that he's going to have quite as good a shot as Tory Krug. His shots uh, suspect for sure. Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of goal scoring that's going to come out of Sean Barons. He's much more of a
2: puck mover a weird kind of thing in Av's prospects as of late kind of can say a similar story about Liam Foodie, uh, Liam Jean-Luc obviously uh, I always say the wrong brother I have a knack for that with the Foodies, but
0: it's hard, it's hard to it's hard to get too excited about Liam Foodie's shot either and he has he also has yet. zero NHL
1: goals <laughs> he was cheated in the global series <laughs>
2: The only team he almost has a goal against.
1: Shot motion.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But Megan, I want to open up Sean Barron's to you, even if there are hopes that he might get an NHL game in the reality of the future of his career long term is almost certainly with the Eagles. Is he ready for pro hockey?
1: Absolutely. If we're looking at something starting in the Eagles. I wouldn't mind a path similar to what Ben Myers has taken. Ben Myers, obviously, it was different circumstance. The abs did sit atop the West when his college season finished. So it was the perfect opportunity to roll him out in some NHL games at the end of the regular season. If something like AJ said, similar happens, that would make sense for Barrett's to, kind of like they did with Olauson in his rookie debut, see how he stacks up alongside NHL talent. We've talked about the surgical level detail that they're able to apply at the AHL level. And I think Sean would benefit from that first to adjust to the pace because Cronin has talked a lot about how guys come from the NCAA straight to the American League and how he notices a difference um, in the players struggling to match that play, even if they were excellent college players. It's kind of true of Myers. It's been true of guys like Wyatt Ahmet, who is a defenseman, kind of an interesting comparison. Then for Barron's, there will be a huge adjustment. In pace that needs to happen probably at the AHL level first because the NHL is just ramping that speed up an even higher notch especially the way the Avs like to play so for that reason if it were up to me I think you would put Barons in the best position to succeed giving him a little bit of time at the American League level where they actually have pretty good track record with defensemen specifically England actually is kind of a part of the conversation but I mean I don't want to get too carried away with that either, but there are other defensemen who have come through Loveland, even just at smaller or shorter stints, that have benefited from their time there.
2: Yeah, definitely a a fair point. We've seen the Avs get serviceable minutes out of how many defensemen over the last year and a half, two years? It's it's bordering on like 15 or something ridiculous. Now, granted, it's like two games of Keaton Middleton or whatever, but... I mean they had like twenty games of Dan
0: Renouf or whatever and yep. you know, like remember like Kyle Burrows was like buried on that depth chart and now he plays every night in Vancouver? Like also Sheldon Drives is also on that team and how the fuck did the F lose to these guys already? <laughs> uh I <clears throat> I do like the smart the smart play for this year is yes, Eagles, Greg Cronin. Um I thought it was really striking when Brad Hunt, who's been around the block a bit, um, is talking about what a difference maker Greg Cronin has been for him and teaching him certain things defensively. And then Brad Hunt proceeds to immediately play totally passable defense at the NHL level. Uh, in, in his avalanche stint, where you're like, okay, he might have his limitations, and he's not playing nearly as well offensively as you would have hoped, but he also has not been a train wreck on defense. Uh, which was the fear, is that Brad Hunt was just going to run back the Jacob McDonald experience, and Hunt has been really solid, and again, feels like it feels like we're in a how quickly can we turn a show into a Greg Cronin pod, <laughs> uh, like a social experiment? But it is a legitimate, it is a legitimate boon for this organization right now, to have a guy in Cronin that is connecting with the players the way that he is. He's building up that trust, and they're organizationally they're they're they can now sell this on a younger guy, who maybe does not want to leave college to go play in the AHL and say. Look, this guy, this guy's got this track record of helping everybody that comes through that system get better. We're not saying you need to play all year in the AHL, but. You know. I do. I do think that getting him into the Eagles and getting him into getting him involved in their playoff run. You know, they're I think they're They the Eagles have a pretty good shot this year to make a deepish Calder Cup run. Um. Sean Barons as as a boost, uh, as a boost to that to that back end I think would be a big deal.
2: I mean, oh sorry. No, go ahead.
1: I wanted to add to it. The nice thing about having the HL team 55 minutes up the road is he has become accustomed to life in Colorado and it's not a huge transition for him to spend a little bit of time in Loveland Fort Collins area versus Denver. Like you're not having this huge life change for Sean Barons. And the other thing is the assistant coaches, Tim Brannan and Aaron Schneekloth both having experience as professional defensemen with careers in the pro leagues. Um, Schneekloth works very closely with the defensemen and has a good track record and is a part of that as well. And you look at the defensemen who left the organization last year, Roland McEwen, Jordan Gross, Dennis Gilbert. They left the organization because they were enticed with better offers because they also had career seasons when they came to Colorado. And I think that is another part to look at and say the organization really does have a pretty good t- track record when they get their hands on players.
0: It's certainly getting a lot better in the last two years. I uh,
2: because... I, I think you could even go back to the start of uh, Cronin's tenure if if you look here. His first year, he had Ryan Graves. Okay, you know, yeah. you say maybe maybe that guy was good anyway. Sure. Also that year had Nick Balash, who has developed into a a number seven around the NHL, a a dude who floats around the NHL and and is is close in that regard. You go to his next year, he has guys like Callie Rosen and Dan Renouf. Callie Rosen is now a regular-ish NHLer. He's bounced around to a few teams, but regularly plays a decent number of games. Renouf, a little bit more edge, but again, he's gotten borderline NHLers out of a number of different guys. And, you know, how much is that is credit to the abs of, of finding talent? How much is that as Greg Cronin getting the best out of them? Maybe a little bit of both, but in, particularly with defensemen, I think the abs have done a, a very good job of finding these guys granted over the last two years, so many injuries, you know, who you look at the Eagles blue line by the end of the year and you're like, I don't even know who half these guys are. But even then he gets he gets the most out of the Eagles with, with crazy defenses as he still gets that team to the playoffs and they still go on deep runs. And
0: that's that's why Barron's leaving college to go join the Eagles postseason run. Yeah. Would be would be a thing that's like, yes please. Like that's um I think that's my preferred out. <clears throat> I will say I wouldn't, like, be 100% opposed to a junior year at DU. I don't think... uh, I I don't know how much more there is for Barron's to do at the level. Um, When you see him at WJC's, you know, and I think that's where... I wanted to see him out of of DU's infrastructure and into WJC's and see what he looked like. Uh, And he's been he's been a really he's been really good for USA. Uh he's been very good at the things that the Avalanche are very good at and ask from their defensemen, uh breaking pucks out of their own zone, skating through the neutral zone, transition, transition, transition. And that's where that's where I think parent's profiles is like a wonderful fit uh for the Avs, but I am not a post to a third year at DU. If if like that's if he thinks that's the best route for him, I'm going to defer. He knows him better than I do. But I am curious what you guys feel about the possibility of a third year in college.
1: At that program? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, t- time out to Honestly, because Sean, as of last year, all but said he is going to leave after his sophomore season... I would probably also advocate for another year, um, just because I even look at someone like Ben Myers, who, because he spent his full college years in college, I do think that, I love what college hockey brings to players in terms of pro habits and routine. It instills really good routine in young players that I think sets them up for the next level really well compared to other younger players who do major junior. Um, And that's just my personal opinion. So I don't see the harm in him doing the junior year in a reputable program, really a terrific program, and assuming the responsibility I... that he has. Because he gets to have a huge responsibility at D.U. you. He gets to eat up minutes on top power play, top pairing. When he goes to the American League, he might be fighting for those minutes a little bit more. I think they're going to work with him on him to get him pretty good reps in a night, but he's going to have to work for those minutes a lot more that a junior year guarantees it. So I obviously wouldn't be opposed if Sean Barron said for himself that he thought that was the best decision. I would be fully in support of that, just looking at the Avs' current decor as it's constructed. His path to being in there as an NHL regular probably allows him to do a junior year of college, and he still is a part of that future plan.
2: Could he do a junior year? For sure. I think I would be a little bit more against it than you guys would be. Number one, right now, DU is a super-duper top-heavy team. They really don't have a ton of great depth on their organization and in their roster right now. And I don't think you need Sean Barons to go into a situation where he absolutely has to be the guy and absolutely has to do everything. Certainly, if you're projecting him down the line into the Avalanche roster, he's never going to be that guy for Colorado. He never has to be the absolute be-all, end-all of anything. You're realistically looking at it. Are you even putting Sean Barons on a power play for the Colorado Avalanche? And the answer is probably not, depending, you know, is Byram healthy, who's still here with guys like Fontes, whatever. But he just, I would much rather see him get to the professional level, play at that level, understand what it takes to succeed at that level than do a year where he might be the best defender, maybe one of the most important players on DU, but just doesn't have a ton of talent around him to, to work with and play off of. Uh, and beyond that, when it comes to getting Barons into the pro level, I I think we've established that you feel pretty confident in his development path towards the NHL at this point, if only because... There's nobody else. There is nobody else for the Avs to develop at that position right now. We say that, but
0: again, I would I would point back to the organization's ability to take an Andreas England, who was cast aside by Ottawa and work with him for a year or two. And Andreas England's right in the heart of his career. This is not Brad Hunt at 34. You know, this is Andreas England's in his 20s and. They've they've worked with that guy in and gotten something out of him. So prospect wise, yes, Sean Barons is the only guy, but he's not going to be the only guy under an NH, with an NHL deal. Um, and and that's where you know the abs the abs have just been able to make hay there,
2: and and that's great. And I hope that they can keep doing that, but you need to load some longer term bullets into that gun.
0: Yeah. And I do the junior year thing. Also, what does Colorado's defense look like?
2: You're having a real conversation about Taves. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and you are talking about, um, you know, if he leaves now, he's in training camp next year, setting himself up for either making the team or, um, Having a good camp where the team is encouraged and is looking for an excuse to bring him back when injuries inevitably pop up. Um, so that's you know that is, I think the harm of a like harm of a junior year is you delay that timeline uh, a year, but it's also like, I don't think it's meaningless, like yeah, you're fine with him going and playing another year for the Pios. Um, it's a great program. Uh, they have a, a head coach uh, that, in a in a system that has churned out a number of solid defenders in the over the last several years. Like it's fine. Like you 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 don't feel bad about that. It's not like he's at like Michigan State or something where you're like, I don't know how this is gonna go. No offense, Michigan State, but um, but it's it is it is it does kind of push everything back a year and um, I'm just not sure how much more development is left for him at that level.
1: Well, I think, Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Wyatt Amit is a great example of why it is important to get dropped in the American league. I mean, he finished out his college too. So different example, but he really struggled in his first few games at the end of his college season uh, in the American league, but he started to really changed things this season now that he's had more experience under his belt and i don't know if Wyatt ahmet has a ceiling as an nhl player but he has certainly taken a lot of steps forward and has become really important in loveland's decor that i think it is why sean barron's becoming a part of the american league sooner rather than later is important just to become adjusted to that pace because it took a minute for wyatt ahmet to do as much and the loss of Jaravalov is important in this conversation too why Sean Barron's status just elevates that much more um, with where he's positioned in the pipeline. Because where it does drop off is either someone new coming into the organization like a David Ferrance or someone like a Wyatt Amit who's still his upside. Is it NHL potential? I don't know that I'd, I'd feel comfortable saying that right now, but I would feel comfortable saying he's taken a lot of steps forward and I think he's be- exceeded expectation in Loveland this season.
2: I a heavy defender. It's just so easy right now for Colorado to fit the guy. The contract limit is not even a conversation for them right now. You go look at their, their defensemen, certainly at the AHL level, all four are currently playing for the Eagles that are under NHL contract, their contracts are up at the end of the year. Now, three of those are RFAs, but you're having a real conversation about, do you even give Nathan Clearman another contract? Do you even give Keaton Middleton another contract? And you can, if you want to, but it's also the easiest thing in the world to slot Barons into one of those spots as far as contracts are concerned. Uh, the other conversation I would say we talk about the pace of play at the professional level a lot, and that is absolutely an adjustment for prospects coming in. I do think it's also important to mark Barons is coming out of the NCAA. And going from 35-ish games, if their season goes really, really well, to 75 is a big deal. It's a huge jump for college kids to go from this only play on the weekends type schedule to you're playing three, four games a week. I really like accelerated timelines for NCAA kids because of that, getting into the AHL and experiencing that pickup in, in games played.
0: You saw you saw the effect of it last year with Alex Newhook, where he played his first full pro season. Yep. And by the end of it, he was tired. You know, he played double the games. Now, of course, his team went on a cup run where he it's like you're, you're now talking like a, a triple the games, a hundred <laughs> games here. Um, but it was uh, it was a noticeable factor for him. So I do think it is. Well, hey, you get him. Into pro hockey, you get him extended a little more this year, uh, and then next year is his kind of, you know, first full pro season with the big schedule and um, you know and NHL expectations or whatever next year. But uh, if you don't if you don't need him at the NHL level, you're not like breaking down the door. But he can be an option for you, and he's in the NHL. It all just makes. The timeline just works really nicely for everybody involved, and I think that's
2: that's the smart scenario where we're where we head.
1: I think uh, the oh sorry,
2: Ed, uh, no, say what you got to say. I'm about to do reads. So
1: the role he plays on this World Juniors team emulates something more close to what you could probably expect and emulate in a real professional league right now, being a little bit more of the depth player. And I think giving him the alternate captain letter in the competition too has been a nice demonstration to the organization of different sides of barons that you maybe don't see at du because he is the top pair top power play guy there he's playing a slightly different role in the world junior tournament and still finding ways to be indispensable. And I think that is kind of translating to what he's more likely to be when he does make it to the professional leagues. And you mentioned the rigor of the schedule, but also the size of the competition at the American League level is important for Sean Barron to also get adjusted to because he will be playing among men, which is slightly different from what he's seeing in the NCAA right now. And because he is a smaller profile guy, I think part of what has held him back in his skating has been how well he absorbs contact is because of how firmly rooted he is in the ice, a low center of gravity. But for that reason, too, um, I think that he's been working on the mobility in his skating, that there's going to be a transition that happens when he is playing against larger competition at the American League level that you probably want to get him adjusted to sooner rather than later as well, just because he is kind of a compact defenseman. All
2: right. Well, if you want competition playing against some larger competition, get some liquid courage in you with Brew, the official beer of DNVR, eight different kinds on the tap down at the DNVR bar, dozens of flavors. Uh, I I don't think I can officially announce the name of their newest beer, but I can definitely tease that there is a new beer coming uh, uh, from I Breckenridge it's Brewery. Doors. It, it's out. If you look hard enough, you can find it out there. So. Go uh, go scour the, the shelves of your local liquor store for the new Breckenridge Brew beer. Uh, go check it out today. Find it. You can use the Breck Beer Locator online at breckbrew.com. Also, what's better than beer and burritos? The B&B combo. Bed and breakfast? Nah. Beer and burritos. That's where it's at. With Illegal Pete's, just a couple of blocks down the street from the bar, there are 12 locations in total between Colorado and Arizona where you can get the most delicious burritos you can find. They're queso, it's mint. They have happy hours from 3 to 6 p.m. every day where you can get your margaritas too. So get over to Illegal Pete's, find yourself some deliciousness top to bottom, get it, excuse me, eat it, and enjoy your day. It's that easy with Legal Pete's. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ's giving weird looks to the camera over there. No? Rude. I Okay.
0: I got I got Megan bailing on me and what I thought was a safe space, and I got you calling saying that I have a weird face.
2: <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> tough is, day for you. This
0: is not my pod. It's
2: a tough day for you. Uh, part of wrapping up the barons conversation if you are making the argument for the junior year i could 100 percent see an argument where you're saying you would like to see that guy put on some more muscle mass
0: you're always going to want that with a with a small star like that like you always want him to be as compact like Megan said you want him to be as as built as he can be for the physical rigors of the pro game and how he holds up to that is gonna be one of the things that decides is this a guy that tops out the AHL or does he break through and become an NHL regular because the his size is the only thing that kept him from being uh a mid first round pick. If he was if he if he had Justin Barron's size, he would have been a top fifteen pick. And so that's that's the only concern is um you know, size wise is he gonna be able to handle this?
2: fair enough the question then and I know we've we've floated out the idea of Sean Barons as a potential a potential untouchable piece for Colorado but I want realistic answers here <laughs> what is there is maybe and the answer the realistic answer could be no honestly it could be that there is no thing that realistically you'd be willing to give up Barons for because yeah, sure, the the insane player that you would trade your house for, of course you'd give up Barons for. But is there a realistic target where you think this guy is actually targetable and is good enough to give up Sean Barons this season?
1: I can't. I can't answer first because I don't think I'm being rational. <laughs>
0: I would say that the guy that I think where you talk about it's going to cost but the fit is there um, and the possibility of him re-signing would be there Uh, but I I would probably do it for Ryan O'Reilly that a little piece of me right now that feels <laughs> betrayed by me. <laughs> so since I am under siege today, I might as well just finish me off here. This is, I'm done taking
2: yourself down at this point. Yeah, but that's
0: because uh... it's not going to be Bo Horvat because there's just the reality here. They cannot afford Bo Horvat in the off season. Yeah, yeah. the 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 gymnastics that they would have to do to try and afford him would be very painful. Um, and very much just not worth it. The 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 cost in the 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 trade itself and then um, trying to bring him back it just would be a no for Bo Horvat. You're you're paying all of that for Bo Horvat to, to to be part of this run and this run only. And that is a that is a tough one for me. Um, Giving up Sean Barronce for you know, fifteen regular season games of Horvat, and then whatever the postseason becomes. For me, it just feels I'm super not down with that for right now. O'Reilly's a different case because he is a little bit older, but he's also a guy whose game has never been predicated on skating ability. So as he gets deeper into his thirties, re signing him, um, brings less risk than other 30 year old guys for me because his physical ability has never been what has made him such an effective player it's been so many hockey smarts and you go and you look at his on ice impacts this year and O'Reilly's points are down but his play really hasn't taken quite like the massive dip that you would think um with the point production not being as good and then, of course, coming back home to Colorado, like it'd be like a click. Hey, we kind of messed this up the first time around. Let's rebuild the bridge and go win a championship together, and you know. So that's sure. that's really the only guy that I could think of off the top of my head where I would say I feel good about that as a fit. Like an ex- it's expensive but it's a guy that would really fit for you. And it's it, a guy that it, it's a guy that, that you could have a conversation.
2: I mean, I, I think it's certainly a lot more of a conversation today than it was a week ago before the, the injuries hit St. Louis.
0: Well, and we'll see like the, the really like the number one thing you hear is the blues have to decide that they're out. Of course. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about, no, I'm not worried about, uh, O'Reilly and the front office, because the majority of the front office has been overhauled since O'Reilly was here. Um, the decision makers are largely different. The, uh, you know, it's just such a different organization than it was uh, than from when O'Reilly left. I'd, I would say the locker room's a lot more stable too. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there's only it's really like McKinnon, Landeskog, and right now Eric Johnson. Yep. Like I don't, I don't think there are any other holdovers from the locker. So it's, you're just talking about such a different situation that uh, if they're sour grapes, they would have to be on his side from it because so many of the people that run the AVS uh, had nothing to do with that.
2: All right, Megan, do you have a take that the chat will like more than Ryan O'Reilly?
0: Yeah, that was not popular.
1: I'm still mulling over the Ryan O'Reilly. I feel like he would hold a bit of a grudge, but I also feel like he's different now from what he was when he was in the organization as a person that kind of similar to a Matthew Shane. I don't know that those issues for him are the same as they once were, but I'm still thinking about, honestly, Ryan O'Reilly, pick a different player, in order to make something like that even feasible, obviously it's going to take more than just Sean Barons, right? It's going to be some kind of package. Yeah, and I'm just sure. trying to imagine what the package is. Because before Sean Barons enters the equation, have some of the young prospects, the forward prospects, done enough in all the NHL debuts we've seen this year to stand alone a little bit more without bringing Barons into the equation? I don't know, to be honest. I don't know if... Aranta, an Allowsan, or a Foodie, a combination of those have become enticing enough to other organizations by themselves that you don't need to put a Barron's in the equation. Uh, And that is sort of where my brain is going, because I really feel like if the Avs do have to give up assets, they should really protect a defenseman and should look at the forward prospects where they have a little bit more of a surplus.
2: So, I mean, here's where it's at for me at at a at a trade of the caliber of a ryan o'reilly even if you're giving up sean barons the first should be off the table you can't give up both yep
1: i agree i agree
0: so if you're uh, getting if you're in in a world where you're getting a a stable 2c option that you know is going to be able to fill that role for you and is either signed already or an rfa you might be able to talk about both like that. That's a situation where you're talking about both. And it's another reason why Bo Horvat is a no-go for me, because it would need to be the first, it would need to be Barrett. Right. He's too expensive for a dude that's going to walk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's going to make $9 million in the, in the offseason. he's, he's on pace for like 60 goals right now. Like the guys having just, a, just an exceptional walk here. Uh it would be like if I'm talking about barons, like there would have to be something else. But I'm not giving St. Louis barons in a first for a thirty. I think O'Reilly's thirty-two, thirty-one. Like that yeah. I'm he, not doing. I'm not. I, I'm not giving both.
2: Turns yeah. Turns thirty-two next month. So
0: I'm not, and this Boone Jenner thing remains weird. He's cost efficient, but he's not a two C. Yeah. Uh, he's like a. He's like a. He's like a really low end two C. He signed for a couple of years. Uh he gets hurt all the time. Like
2: he's JT Comfort this one, basically.
0: Oh, he's certainly better than JT Comfer. And he's got the he's got the heart, the soul, the grit. Like he's got a lot of that stuff in him. But
2: uh, um, yeah, I mean I, I guess he's he's been on the come up the last couple of years, fair enough.
0: And and like like Jenner's a Boone Jenner's like a good player, but I'm I'm telling you, the Avs are not gonna go out and get a guy that's signed for three more years. And I guess I have a hard time believing that Columbus is about to trade their captain when they're trying to instill like this is blue jacket hockey. Like this, this is a guy that's been there for a long time, and he's gonna he's gonna kind of usher in the new era. There's no reason for Columbus to be trying to sell Boone Jenner.
2: Agreed. I
0: <laughs> Kevin Hayes costs seven million dollars, so. Um he also I can't guess skate. I'm I'm out pretty out on Kevin Hayes as an option. Just again, it's seven million dollars and it's for a long time.
2: Yeah, three there would be three more years after this one of Kevin Hayes.
0: Yeah. And then the guys that you're saying Sean Barron's is too good of a prospect for Jonathan Taves, Sean Monaghan. No. You're not having Sean Barons in those conversations. You're not even having a Sean Barons and an Adam Henry I, conversation. That,
2: that's kind of the point of those guys, right? Yeah. Is, is that you're not giving up a major asset for a guy that could fill that hole for you. Yeah. Yep. So,
0: look, retaining, retaining salary is one thing, but uh, Philadelphia retaining salary on Kevin Hayes for
2: three additional however, years seems yeah. unlikely, yeah.
0: Teams, teams don't just like I guess I guess the only real example that I could come up with of a team retaining long term on a contract like that is uh, Toronto with Kessel and that that by the end of that contract it got watered down into yeah
2: there was a bunch of wackiness going on
0: yeah new Look's not expendable I don't I don't care how you feel about I... him. He's he's cheap and he's gonna give you thir- at least thirty points in a season. New you hook You need you need you need those guys. You can't just look at that guy and say, Oh, he's he's a bust because he hasn't lived up to you know, he's not gonna score sixty points this year, so he's not worth it or whatever. But
2: you DLCs need like that are how you cheap build guys. efficient middle sixes. Like. Yeah,
0: you need cheap guys like that who have a lot of RFA years on them. New hook is really important.
1: Especially if JT Comfort does not.
2: Yeah, could very well walk at the end
1: affordable. Of the They're going to need options down the center. Even if New Hook is a 2C solution, they're still going to need options there.
0: Dylan Larkin is a guy that, again, I just think he's going to make too much money.
1: Yeah, I would love Dylan Larkin's yeah. fit in Colorado.
2: Stylistically, it's, for
0: sure. He would be picture-perfect fit. Uh, Dylan Larkin, everything that you love, everything about Dylan Larkin in Colorado, but um, the cost, the cost would hurt. And you would have to do that with some level of uh, confidence that you're going to get a deal with Dylan Larkin. And I don't know how Dylan Larkin asks for less than, you know, like 8 million. Uh, I wouldn't ask for less than that if I were him. But Yeah. And the the ads have like twelve million in cap space this coming up this offseason. Um they're gonna have a really hard time just just making decisions internally. Like they're gonna have a really hard they're they're gonna have a really hard time keeping either Evan Rodriguez or JT Comper. Not not both, either of them. So that's, yeah, that's your, it's going to be a struggle this, this summer. So when you're talking about a guy that's going to ask for seven or $8 million at the moment, it's just not going to happen. And I know everybody's favorite pivot is to trade Sam Gerard away. And that just magically clears up $5 million, but then, okay. If you've traded for, have you included Sean Barron's in a deal going elsewhere? So that you can get a two C, and then you clear out money in the Sam Gerard trade to sign that guy, and then and then Eric Devon Johnson, Taves walks John
2: at the end of the year, and you have four defensemen now. Yeah,
0: well, and then Devon Taves leaves in a year because you can't afford that guy either, <laughs> and now you have Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram, and you don't have either of Gerard, you don't have either of Barons, and you better hope you were right about and, that two C.
2: And you're on the back half of a Josh Manson deal that might not look great at that point. Yeah, yet. might. Not age wonderfully. Uh, and every every guy that you move
0: out uh, from your NHL lineup, you have to replace.
2: As as this conversation shifts, we are brought to you by Game Time. You can go to the link down in the description of this video. Over 15 million people have used Game Time to get their tickets to sporting events. You can get prices up to 60% off of face value. So great deals all the way around, obviously to the Avs, but all Colorado sports and all sports across the country. If you're one of our out-of-town fans and the Avs are coming to town, Game Time is a great way to get a ticket you can go to the the link down below it helps us out a little bit it also will take you to the game time app and it'll show you all the seats in the arena what the views look like all of the good stuff so check out game time today and if you're going to the game you might as well put a bet or two down on the game through DraftKings sportsbook when you sign up with a new account using code dnvr all you have to do is bet five dollars on an nhl team to win their next game and they get 150 dollars in free bets if that team does in fact win so give on that. Get your $150 in free bets and then go bet on honestly, whatever you want. Uh, genuinely, every sport I've ever heard of exists on DraftKings. Sometimes you have to go into the pools. Sometimes you have to get a little bit creative on, on how you want to make those bets, but they're out there. You can, uh, you can bet on anything. I'm, I'm pulling up pools right now to see what absolutely absurd thing that you can bet on. Uh, don't I'm I'm not. There you go. There you go. I don't even know what this is. What is the McBroom Brothers basketball series? Does anybody know what that is?
1: You look like you knew AJ. Do you?
0: No, who are I have the McBroom no
1: Brothers? Do you know who they are?
0: No idea. I've
2: never heard of this. I'm assuming it's the the Austin McBroom guy. I'm assuming oh, it's that he, guy.
1: like a YouTuber? I can't yeah, a,
2: a YouTuber okay. that has been, like, exposed as his entire life is fake. Uh, yep,
1: okay.
0: Oh, he should run for Congress.
2: <laughs> just not going to touch that one. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Sorry, bet- that's
0: just been a really wild story over the last, like,
2: two weeks. It, it has been. You can bet on these random two brothers who are playing, like... A one-on-one basketball game. It looks like. Oh, look! Look at they got a three-point contest, a dunk contest, an obstacle course. I, you, this is what you can do with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's two random people, you can just bet on uh, up to ten k in prizes because they're doing some basketball thing. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Go that was over
0: there. Very hockey guy of you, doing some basketball thing.
2: <laughs> that's a, that's all I got. Let's
1: play some <laughs> basketball. Do <laughs> you remember speak. the turkey national anthem? Gosh, that uh,
2: the All-time worst things. national anthem <laughs> of all time.
0: There have been some bad ones.
1: <laughs> I didn't mean. I hope this isn't controversial, but I love. I loved Jake Schroeder, but I love the anthem singer at ball arena, the woman.
0: Amanda Hawkins. She's
2: yes,
1: good. I think she's really great too. That was all. I'm really passionate about how good she is at it.
2: I'm okay. really passionate about about how you guys are at ruining my DraftKings read and not letting me finish it. So I must be it's... 21 or older, <laughs> Colorado I, uh... only. On you guys are ruining my DraftKings read. Uh, yeah. Other terms, restrictions and conditions apply. See the show notes down below for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I I want to get into this conversation, and we don't have to get that deep into it because we're still two months from the deadline, but is there a world where the Avs look at a winger? At this trade deadline? Yeah, I think
0: so. Um, I mean we've already heard all the we've already heard all the conversations around Patrick Kane. Uh, we are. and how the... I didn't
1: mean it. I don't
2: mean it. <laughs> I quit. AJ's done.
0: Yeah, you guys get at my job. <laughs> I'm done. <sighs> Megan. Is this is this punishment for being sick all week? Is this like you're getting you're making up for lost time? Uh no, I, I do think there is a possibility of a winger. And to be honest with you, Puli Yarvi would actually make a lot of sense if the Avs were comfortable with Evan Rodriguez as, as their two C. As yeah. two C. Because then you are looking at a third line where you're saying, Hey, uh, we've got New Hook, we've got Comfort, we've got now Puli Yarvi. You know, and then then your fourth line, you know, Cogliano Helm, uh, O'Connor, and somewhere in this mix, Dennis Morgan, somewhere in this mix, Ben Myers. Um, and you start to feel like okay, we we've got a little bit of depth there. So if there is an injury, we've got guys that we are okay with being in the lineup. no longer no longer guys that you know are playing fourteen minutes a night. Um, and everybody's in a more appropriate role. So I could see something like that for
2: sure. Um, you're talking more about, well, in a pool party situation, you're talking more about middle six flexibility than anything, right?
0: Yeah. That guy's got like three goals this year. Uh, you're probably not putting him in your top six, especially where if you're healthy wing is where you're feeling most confident, right? Uh, especially with, you know, uh, with Newhook looking better at wing than he has at center, uh, he's, he kind of moves into that depth chart
2: Yeah, uh, a little more reliably. It's, it, I do think it, it becomes a little bit tough. Obviously, obviously, you know, the talent, like the caliber of Patrick Kane, you don't say no to, but sorting out. Uh, how to fit winger. Assuming a world of relative health, sorting out how to fit fit a winger into the ads roster becomes a little bit tough, I think.
1: I think it it definitely isn't a priority um, in the trade line deadline conversations, but I could be convinced of the merit of a winger, but you're right, I don't think it's a priority.
0: One thing I'm going to Move past the deadline for the moment. One <clears throat> one thing I would be interested in is if they get to the off season and they still have Sean Barons and they don't have a guy, um, they don't have a guy that they got at the deadline that they're either going to keep or that they loved or they didn't make a move or whatever. Um, I do wonder about what's happening in Winnipeg with Pierre Luc Dubois knowing that the abs made a run at him already when Columbus had him on the block and that he like, he just may not want to stay in Winnipeg. He's an RFA at the end of this year. He's having a great season. Things are going great for the jets right now. So it might not be as cut and dry as like, well, just, you know, everybody's unhappy here. So we're not gonna, you know, we're going to trade everybody and get rid of everyone. Now things are vibing and, you know things are things are moving in a much more positive direction, but that is a two C situation that I am keeping an eye on. Where if that guy were to become available, um, uh, I think affording him becomes really, really difficult, as has been the conversation with a lot of these. But um, that's a guy that you move Sean Barons for without second thought. That's that's uh, Sean Barons and a first round pick for Pierre Luc Dubois, no problem for me.
2: But always been a PLD lover.
0: Well, and and being the two C here, like, you know. the The report is that he has his heart set on Montreal. That's there was a lot of that talk over the over the summer, but. Um. He's kind of an odd duck. I don't know how true any of that is. Um. He's he's kind of a I take things day by day kind of guy. So. Um, For sure. But with with him having an RFA year, that's one where you'd be able to get him under contract for next season doing whatever. And then the cap is definitely going to jump in two seasons. Somebody in chat had mentioned, isn't the cap supposed to take some kind of jump? And uh, for me, it's, uh, you know, we've, we've heard it's, it's still likely only going to be a million dollars. If things go very, 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 very well, perfect scenario, it could jump more than that but still expecting it to be a million dollars. Um, and then over the next couple of years, it will take bigger jumps. And that's where PLD being an RFA, I think would be, uh, would be great because you could get him for a qualifying offer for one year. And then you could give him the big extension when the cap goes up next year. And, and that's kind of how you would make that work. But yeah, um, yeah, that's just a that's a situation that it's like I'm keeping an eye on it. We'll see.
2: It, it's again the reason we don't do these shows very often this far out is because who the hell knows what the NHL looks like at the trade deadline from now?
0: Yeah, totally. Because you you know the the Blues injuries Tarasenko. You know somebody just asked in chat, what about Tarasenko if he's an option? I I don't really know where he fits for Colorado. What do you ask him to do? Yeah, because uh, that would be like you want Evan Rodriguez on your third line. You want a third line of Newhook, Comfer, Rodriguez, but now you're playing like Landy as your two C, or Rantanen as your two C to make Tarasenko work. Uh, and I'm not saying that's a bad option. I'm just saying it. That's that's how it would have to work. Otherwise, are you gonna know. put are you gonna put Tarasenko next to JT Comfer on your third line?
2: You could, I, you could almost use him as, like, a Berkey replacement, maybe. At least the shooting side of it.
0: Yeah. And, well, and it would feel kind of wasteful to have him on your second power play unit. For sure. I, I, and I definitely, not in a shooter's position? Like, are you going to put him in front of the net where Lekkonen is? Like, in kind front of just a...
2: It, I think it'd be... Bit. I think it'd be more interesting than you're making it out to be, but I agree. It, well, like. The fit would be weird when you could go out and get a 2C instead. Well, and like, like from a talent
0: perspective, you're not looking at Vlad Tarasenko and going, We don't need that guy. It's more just like, again, the the deadline isn't about I'm loading up on as many good players as I can, it's loading up on right players. Look at our last year's deadline from the abs was a master class in this, and should be the blueprint that anybody wants to follow moving forward. Go and find guys that fit you. And in the case of a Josh Manson, you think can bring an element that you don't have, but still fit within how you play the game. Because that was always the question with Manson. Stylistically, yeah, he brings that hard-nosed game, but can he play the way the Avs want? And it turned out to be one of the biggest boons for the Avs was that Josh Manson ended up being a great fit and could play that way. So with Tarasenko, it's more just like, where does he go? And then is that a Baron's conversation? Or is that more like a, hey, we're, we'll sell you on Oscar Olauson, winger for winger. We'll get the older guy going into UFA, and we'll give you guys the younger one.
2: Mm, I feel like they're taking Foodie.
1: Uh, so I feel like of the forwards that other organizations would be interested in, Foodie would probably have drawn more interest. But...
0: I, I don't know that like foodies I don't think uh, foodies NHL games were so good that he's gonna jump over Oscar Olauson as a over the next five years which one of these guys is better um I think foodie has this is like a classic like I think foodie has the higher floor and the lower ceiling whereas it's easier to dream on Olauson scoring thirty goals in the NHL. Jean Luc Foodie will never do that, but he could be your three C for you for a really long time, right? Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah. The Bucks. much less bus potential, I would say.
0: In... Are you gonna dunk on me again, Megan.
1: You cut me <laughs> off, AJ. I wasn't done talking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> your thing.
1: No, nope. it's all it's all good.
2: Uh, I wanted to see a foodie dunk. I'm sad now.
1: A foodie dunk.
2: Yeah. Can Foodie dunk? There's no, no way foodie can dunk, right? no. no shot. <laughs> can Lawson think... dunk? I don't know. <laughs> AJ is like, nah, none of these guys
1: can dunk. <laughs> he's not height. He could probably work towards it.
0: He does <laughs> have long arms. I don't know how much he can jump though.
1: Ether.
2: And we need to put up a hoop at the DNVR bar just to everyone who comes in has to dunk or at least attempt to dunk.
1: Can they still enter if they can't dunk?
2: (laughs) Banned. I guess I'm banned from the DNVR bar too. That's why we have to go through the back. (laughs) Can Megan dunk? Do you have the hops,
1: (laughs) Megan? I actually have really long arms. So maybe. I think my arms, like you know how your wingspan is supposed to be your height? I think my arms are longer than my height.
2: Okay, but then uh, we're definitely like 100. percent If you can dunk a tiny little Nerf ball, I'm counting it. Cool. I'm not. I'm not asking anyone to palm a basketball because I certainly can't do that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't know where this show's gone. Uh, I, I'm I'm good to get out of here unless you guys have any final thoughts.
0: <laughs> yeah, mostly, mostly. Look, Sean Barons is a big part of the organization. He's their top. Arguably their top prospect right now. Uh, and I think that moving him would be really difficult. It would it would have to be you'd have to really, really believe in the move uh to pull that trigger. Cause there is nothing behind him. Last year moving Barron and Hellison at the same time, you were like, Well, Barons is still there. There's no Barons after that. Uh there's nobody there. It's Chris Romain. And not trying to dunk on Chris Romaine, but he's just not the caliber of prospect today that Sean Barons is. So it would be really, it would be a really tough loss uh, for the abs, And I think they should do what they can to not lose him.
2: Okay. I agree. Full send. Keep Sean Barons. Figure it out. Keep We're going to get Sean. out of here. <laughs> we appreciate all y'all hanging out with us uh i know some of you really like the crazy rumor trade nonsense keep in mind we're two months from the deadline and this is probably all nonsense uh we appreciate all y'all we are gonna get out of here game tomorrow we know you know we got you covered pre-game post-game watch along that whole jazz we hope to see you there until then we'll talk to you on the next one